technique and drills make you go faster. Not getting fitter and fitter and fitter. More technique, more downwind, and honing skills. You're never too old to change bad habits, and you're never too old to learn new ones. I can teach you all the mistakes. I've had so many mistakes in this life of mine, long life, paddling life, and why should you make the same mistakes when I've already been through there, done that, bought the t-shirt a number of times, Hi there, welcome to the Coach Tulupski podcast. These episodes are taken from Oscar's live interactions with his Oscar's club members and are great for anyone looking for insights into paddling faster and having more fun. And just a quick note that Oscar often demonstrates his paddling techniques during the live chats, which you obviously can't see while listening to the podcast, but all the accompanying YouTube videos are in the show notes. A little bit early, still about 30, 30 seconds before... Uh, we actually start the live video, so I'm just showing you where I am here, on the rocks. Beautiful place here. Now we got our first Russell Hassel, you're the first one on. Amazing that Morel, welcome. She's a Look at this beautiful spot I am at. It's called On the Rocks. Phil Paris Brown all the way from Aladala. Eddie Monfort, very nice. Just go through, just gonna show you the view. Yeah, but. Over there where you can see now, that's Fishhook and Musenberg. When you go wrong, this is the hole called False Bay. False Bay and right across, straight across the, the water, that's where the, the guys like Jeremy Thompson living in Somerset uh, West, they're across the water. If I go further along, this whole run here that you see here is Miller's Run. Here's the Miller's Run. And over there in the distance, if you can see, that is Miller's Point. And that little rock on the left-hand side, if you can see that, is the start of the Miller's Run. So the Miller's Run goes from there. And if you look under there, you can see Simonstown Lighthouse and then into Fishhook. So I'm a little bit past uh, um, Alberta. Oh, good. good to see uh, Jackie Boyd. Good. Um, I see we're getting lots of numbers. Uh, just to let you know, Ivan Lawler, welcome. That uh, my last video lesson, uh, lesson number three, had 10,200 views, which is fantastic. Uh, we hope to just keep on improving it. Uh, at these times, it's in South Africa, we're on number, day number 21. Day number 21 in South Africa. And uh, we're in a beautiful spot uh, again. Very friendly paddlers around the world. And as you can see in the background, um, my friend Craig McKenzie and Nikki McKenzie has lent us this house in lockdown. It's absolutely magnificent. It's an Airbnb. Uh, and behind me, as, as, I, as I look here, is the, the Miller's Run, for those people who know. Linda got from Scotland. Chile up there. Pretty nice here. Funny enough, this morning it was pouring with rain here. You can see on the deck, rain. And now, uh-oh, uh-oh. Now it's uh, getting uh, better. Anthony Roiland's welcome. So just to give you what, just to give you a, a brief outline of what the lesson's going to be today, we're going to start uh, just by covering a little bit of COVID problems. Then we're going to go to a, a recap of what we covered in the first three lessons. Then we're going to go into lesson number four, and then we'll have questions afterwards. So hang and and send your questions. Claire will be as usual. So just to let you know. I'm at a place called On The Rocks, which is just past Salmonstown. That way, if I look that way, that is the point. That way, 
if you have a look behind me, is um, Fishhook. Um, so today is uh, lesson number four. Free lesson for you all you guys there in lockdown. We're in day 21. We're still having one meal a day. Um, still on keto, doing well on it. Tomorrow, uh, back to chemo again at uh, 8 o'clock at the Constantinburg Hospital. Everything going well. I still feel fairly good. Uh, still feeling strong. And uh, morning, Claire, Ivan says. <laughs> um, things are going well. Um, nice to have the whole family together. As you know, Hannah lives in uh, London and, and Luke on the yacht, so we never see them. So it's very nice to them all in, in one place in this lockdown. Haven't been out much. It's very frustrating behind me. We've got the Miller's Run and we can't actually use it. Still busy with my audio book. So keeping busy. I never seem to run out of time all the time. Darren Brown must be in, uh, on the rocks. Yes, we, he's in Schlonger Rocks. We are on the rocks here. Um, reading another two books, Longevity. And then the, the other book I'm reading is by uh, another famous rugby uh, psychologist. Okay, without further ado, I think we've got close to 100 people watching live, which is fantastic. It's a very big uh, school that I've got to teach, and hopefully you can learn something more again. So, as I said, we're going to go through uh, revision of the first three lessons. We're going to go through the les next lesson, and then afterwards, in the last 15 to 20 minutes, we will cover... Um, we will cover the, the questions and answers. So people like Patrick Mangon, he's over the hill, um, and he will uh, learn something new again today. Okay, welcome everybody. So lesson number four, here we go. As a yeah, uh, uh, ever, uh, there's Doc Godfrey from Auckland. Fantastic. People all over the world tuning in. And uh, Shane Yates in uh, Arabia somewhere. And we'll hand over to Claire. We'll take over the photography now. Uh, just let us know if I'm talking loud enough so that you can hear. And uh, enjoy the lesson. There you go, Claire. Pushing with your top hand. I've seen so many uh, 
YouTube videos now with people doing this, holding a such a marvelous job. All they are doing is what's wrong? Don't worry. No, there's something wrong. Nothing wrong. It's not going to help anything. Sound, darling. Yes, they say there's not enough sound. I've turned it up. No, that, that doesn't do anything. Yeah, I've just got to peek louder. <laughs> okay, pushing with the top hand. That is the biggest mistake I find all paddlers do. Pushing with the top hand is so wrong. Look what it does to the paddle blade. It just goes straight past vertical. Okay, so you want to put the paddle in, rotate forward. Rotate forward. Third thing that causes the paddle to go past vertical is dropping your top hand. Dropping your top hand. Again, remember, and Ivan always says this, people and rowers have got an oar lock, and we want to do the same thing with our top hand. Have an oar lock. Lock it in there and keep the same height. Then it won't go past vertical. If you drop the top hand, this paddle goes past vertical. So it's pulling you past vertical. Just reiterate. Talk, Claire. They can't hear very well. They can't hear very well? No. Who's? I can hardly hear. Who's that? Mariana. Mariana, why can't you hardly hear? You just turn your volume up. <laughs> okay. Is that only one? And Morel also said the sound wasn't so good. Okay, but it's, remember I'm fighting the ocean in the background. Maybe I'll change, uh, no, it's fine. Maybe I'll change uh, venue. Let's just go back again. Remember the reason why you don't want this blade to go past vertical. It's just like an outboard engine. An outboard engine, if you have an outboard engine here and you tilted it up, all the power goes up like that. It doesn't actually go towards, towards the, uh, your destination, okay? So just give it thumbs down if it's very bad, or I'll just talk louder. Some people say it's so Okay, so, so we, can't, we can't please all the people all the time. We've got this beautiful venue. Maybe next time I'll do it inside. Okay. So that is, remember, we don't want this blade to go past vertical, so we're going to avoid that like the blade. Okay. Remember, the next thing I want you to also remember is that paddling is all about putting this blade in and pulling ourselves forward. Have a look. So putting the blade in and pulling ourselves forward. Don't put this blade in and pull back. Okay. Don't put the pad and pull back. Put the blade in and pull forward. Okay. That's why it's important when you have those uh, people that are in the cold climates and they're using a paddling machine, remember that's not how you paddle. That's a very good cardio exercise. But you don't put the paddle in and pull back. You don't pull back. You want to put the paddle in and go forward. Okay. Remember that. We don't want to be that forward. You don't want to push into the back. Okay. Next part. Lesson number three, we covered the forward stroke. The forward stroke is basically uh, four parts. Catch, power, exit, and recovery. Right-hand side and left-hand side. Yeah. So, just to show you how, and this, I've got a nice, uh, very nice boat here. I can actually, go, I've actually got a, so you can see my legs rotating. So, remember the catch is not like this, okay? Because what happens then, we splash when we hit the water. And the pull is not like this, and the exit is not like this, and the recovery is not like this. Okay, let me go over this. This is the incorrect way. It's not like this, which makes it splash when you put it in. And pulling like this, then you grab the water, then you have to lift your elbow up, and then your top hand goes up and down. It's not like that. Okay, 
Remember what we said, the default position is the paddle is parallel with our chest. Our elbows are down to keep our center of gravity down and to give our stability and we don't use any shoulders. And the rotation and the catch is done like this. Notice my catch now, I've got a nice boat here. Notice the legs, there, have a look at those legs and then look where I am. Everything is parallel, remember everything has to be parallel all the time. I rotate and then I just drop it in that's the catch as far as possible, close to the boat, 90 degrees, 90 degrees, not like that and not like that, so 90 degrees, whole blade in the water, whole blade in the water, and that's our catch, and you can see the rotation. Then, the power phase, the power phase, that's the most important part, is using your big muscles, legs, you see my legs up there, and all I do is drive hard, I drive hard until my leg is touching the bottom of the boat, either my calf or my hamstring touches the bottom of the boat, and then the stroke is finished. Notice my arm hasn't bent, no, it hasn't bent, but my leg's straight and it's pushed on my hip and on my shoulder. Okay, so that's the power phase. So catch, power, done. The stroke is over. Remember, the boat is still going forward, so that where you want to take exit is by your knee. So you start exiting by your knee, and when your elbow touches the side of your body, you just lift your hand up for the exit. Have notice, lift your hand up for the exit. And at the exit, you'll see that your shaft is parallel to your chest. Shaft parallel to chest, and you're in default position again. Okay, look at the other side. So it's the catch, there, rotate. Notice the legs rotating. Put the paddle in, drive with my legs. Arm still straight, blade hasn't gone past vertical, and then exit as your, your, your um, elbow touches the body, exit up and we're here, and then rotate again for the next stroke, again. Okay, so that's the catch. Remember, one thing I did forget is before the catch and before the forward stroke, the most important stroke, and I want to reiterate this, is the brace stroke, okay? The brace stroke's very important. Left hand, right knee, 45 degrees, 45 degrees, loosen your hand, okay? And that's where you want to, because the brace stroke is giving us the most amount of balance. Have a look how we balance, the further, we don't want to be here, if we're here, the wave will hit you here, hit around your chest, and you can break the paddle. Ask Dale Lipstra, he lives uh, up the road, and we were paddling here, and probably somewhere around here, he broke his paddle in half. It snapped in half. Okay, so understand the brace stroke, left hand, right knee, you must get comfortable, lean on the blade, put your weight on there, slightly tilt your boat. Same on the other side. Same again, right hand, left knee, very easy nice and stable and this is a stroke that you really got to perfect okay now now we've done the forward stroke now the hardest thing for most people are out there the people that were paddling like this and narrow grips the hardest thing is to undo all that hard work that you spent hours doing and getting coached the wrong way yeah the only way and this is what i found in 1992 i worked this out and i thought I was getting so frustrated coaching people that never improve. It's all very well taking their money and saying, oh, no, I'll help you. And you, you spend an hour or two or three in one session, and then they go away, and you come back one year later, and they haven't made any progress. Understand it takes more effort to change a bad stroke than to start off with a perfect stroke. Okay. So your objective here... So what I did is I looked around at every sport in the world, and you can go and look at every single sport. And let's take a technical sport, a sport like tennis, or golf, or swimming. You can Google 
how to swim like Michael Phelps and he'll give you 20 different drills on how to get a Michael Phelps technique. Okay. Same thing if you want to become the best tennis player. Go look at Roger Federer. There's 20 different drills how to do a backhand, 20 different drills to do a forehand. You go and type how to paddle and then you're going to get a few pictures of the guys in the video. That doesn't help anybody. And what I realized from a lot of technical, I did tennis and every technical sport, I love technical sports because it's about this and not about this. And that's what paddling is all about. That's why at age 57 I can still keep up with most young guys. Not because I'm stronger or fitter or train more, it's because I use my brains again. So the only way I could work out a way is to try and work out a sequence of, of drills that will break down your stroke into small little pieces that you can slowly improve each part of your drill. And that's what I devoured. And it actually came on Jürgen Brink and said, no, no, you must make notes. And then slowly I just kept on, kept on progressing to make these little notes so that it keeps on, you keep on improving all the time, small chunks at a time. There's no way you can take my technique and you work paying like this, and then suddenly you're paying like this. It's not going to happen. You're going to spend a lot of time. In fact, I spent a lot of time doing these drills. Okay, so the drills were, were just not something like everything I work on. And remember, I've always told you, Understand what I'm teaching you. Don't just believe anything I say. Don't believe anything I say. Just understand what I say. Okay, so don't believe what I say. Understand. If you understand it, you can repeat it. If you don't understand it, there's no way. I don't care if anybody says, I'll do this. He says, you must always ask, why must I do this and not this? Ask them. And why must I hold my paddle here and not here? Ask them. If they haven't got the right answers, ignore them. There's too many people out there getting, giving bad advice. And, and, and I see it all around and I have to undo all the bad advice. He has the opportunity to do it. So, basically what I did, I said, okay, let's go down to ground zero. Let's go to the basics. Let's start. And basically, I've got three catch drills. One hand catch, two hand catch, catch and pull. So there's the catch drill. Three drills just to perfect the catch. Again, these are drills that you do to break the bad habits and try and instill good habits. So we try to overemphasize everything that we're doing in each drill. Yeah. So there's a catch drill. Then there is top hand drill. Then there's a elbow drill. Then there's a shoulder drill. Then there's a core drill. Then there's a leg drill. And then it's to put it all together. Elbow to knee drill. And all these drills help you to break down your bad habits and instill good habits. Understand it's not exactly but you've got to undo the bad habits to make good habits okay so now one thing about the drills before i say anything is that you can do them while you're locked down like this while you're locked down you can actually do them in your lounge like you're going to see i'm going to do you can do them anywhere and then you're going to do so what i normally do is i normally go from just showing people how to do it on the land then i go to waste deep water because the biggest problem when you're trying to do drills and trying to improve your technique is that if you're unstable, if you're paddling here on a minute's run and trying to do a, a drill, one of my drills, all that's going to happen is you're going to be grabbing that paddle hard, blowing 30 knots, and you're going to end up paddling like this. Because when you're trying to perfect your, your technique, when you're trying to perfect your technique, you don't want to be unstable. Because as soon as you're unstable, guess what you use to balance? 
everybody does the same thing. If you're unstable, what you use to balance is your core. So your little, your core muscles lock up, and then how can you use them for paddling? This is what happens. So very, really, really relaxed, so that you can use your core to paddle. Your core is your connection between your upper body and your legs. If you're not using that, you're not getting the power. And to go down this Miller's Run that's behind me there, you need the power of your legs and your body to catch these waves. You're not going to do it. And it's the same thing if you look at any sprinter. They are always in totally flat water and you can see their legs are going up this much because they're rotating this and rotating this much. Okay, so we're going to go through the drills. Remember, what you answer the question? I think yeah. better if we go inside because the wind. Windy. Finding it difficult to hear. Time to turn up the volume. Okay. And again, remember you can ask any questions at any time. Claire uh, will read them out. Claire, any questions? Do you do drills in all non DW sessions? I don't know what DW is. Do I do drills on all non DW sessions? Yes. I spend, just to give you an example, how often I do drills, I do drills between five and seven times a week. So in some Molokars, I train purely in a little lake, which was at 450 meters long and 350 meters dark, and all the guys from Pawnee Dam will know it. It's called Pawnee Dam in Mount Eskimo. That's when I did drills. They know every session was drills. I'm not going to improve my speed in a small little place here, but I'm going to improve my technique all the time. When there's downwind, I do downwind. When there's a session with, with other people, I do the session with other people. But if I'm not doing anything specific with other people, I will do drills. And if somebody comes to join me, I'll be doing drills. Bailey knows. Every session I said, Bailey, let's get your technique right. Bailey, the Fontenmeer came to me from South Africa, had sore shoulders, had this. I need a special special uh, pillow, and I need this. I said, let's, let's start again. We started again. No, no pillows, no things, no more jerking, no more pushing the top hand, no more sore shoulders. Fixed. But you only can fix that if you spend a lot of time doing it. To this day, if I get out there, I am always doing drills. And people don't focus on it. The best sportsmen in the world look effortless. The reason why they look effortless is because they're doing their drills. Usain Bolt looks effortless. And if you watch some of his movies, he does hardly ever races and runs 100 meters. He concentrates on drills all the time. He doesn't just run. Roger Federer, do you think Roger Federer spends a whole day just playing tennis? No, he doesn't play tennis. He practices backhand for one hour, his forehand for one hour. Same thing with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods doesn't just go and play golf. Oh, no. But, can you believe it? Us paddlers, that's all we do. We think the only way to get better is just to go and paddle and paddle and paddle. So if we've got a shit technique, we even get it better. We make it even worse. i never forget. I've got to tell you the story. Maybe Bruce is watching. His name is Bruce Wing. He says to me, hey, Oscar, you can't believe this. I'm training hard. He's training for the World uh, Marathon Champs. Very good paddler, older guy. You know, most of these old guys get besotted by paddling and they're trying to get better and better. So he's training twice a day. He said, Oscar, you won't believe this. I'm training twice a day. I'm getting slower. And basically what happens, you practice your shit technique even better than it was before. So all that happens is you get worse. The stronger you are, the more problems you have. And it's the same thing with my father. My father said, oh, you won't believe it, Oscar. I'm getting fit. He was training for the World Championships. I think it was in uh, Portugal. He said, you won't believe this. I'm getting stronger and everything's getting, but I'm getting more unstable. Okay, understand what happens here. The stronger you get, the harder you're pulling. The further your paddle goes past vertical, the more unstable you get. Okay, so all this happens because 
you're practicing bad technique. And all you have to do is say, okay, I'm going to not spend my time trying to get my cardio back. See, that's you do at a different time. I want to get my te technique right so I go faster. So my 82-year-old father improves, but I always, every time I get there, I have to tell him, Dad, you are still pulling with your arms, and you're still pushing your top hand. Just get there and use your body. Use your body. And when you finish the session, especially if you're doing a technique session, you should be feeling very sore in your core and your legs. That's the funniest thing is when I do a, a technique session, most people say, you don't believe it, my legs and my core. And the joke was, in 1992, when I was getting coached there, we did no leg work. The, mo the most difficult part and the part that you need most power from is your legs, and we didn't do any of it. I would do 70% leg, because your legs are the strongest part of your body. That's why I spent a lot of time doing uh, squats and, and cycling to make my legs stronger so I can get better. Okay, no more questions there? Okay, now we're going to go through the drills. The one-handed catch. Everything's got important parts of it. The one-handed catch, all I'm showing you is that from here, remember every single drill starts from default. Shaft parallel to chest at all times. So I rotate and all I do is see this, use the gra uh, uh, gravity just to let this paddle go in. I don't do, watch this, watch this, I don't do this, because this is how it starts. The reason why I did this one hand catch, to see how simple the blade goes in, as opposed to doing this, and as opposed to doing this, because so many people start their stroke by pulling too soon. Okay, so Phil Paris Brown said, when should I start the stroke? I start the stroke once my paddle is in, again, keeping it parallel, I don't have to shoot it forward. Don't have to short shoot it, I just say, and one hand again. And one hand again. Okay, there, there. Making sure it's 90 degrees and making sure there's not much effort. To get the blade in like this, it's hard. Okay, much harder to get the blade in like this, as opposed to cutting through the water like this and not doing this, okay? Just putting it in, okay? Two-hand catch, remember, Every time, come back to default. Default is there, there, elbows down. So I start, every drill I start, I rotate, and then I just put the blade in. Notice, rotate, put the blade in. Remember, we're gonna concentrate on three things when you put this blade in. So when we just work on the catch, we can just work on it. Remember, we're not trying to go forward, we're just trying to get the right catch. No splash when it goes. Don't turn the paddle. Make sure it's 90 degrees to the boat and make sure the whole blade's in. The reason why I've got a two-hand catch and no and no pull is I want to just see how you, how you do it there and get the whole blade in. There, get the whole blade in. Same thing here. Notice, rotate parallel in. Rotate in. Okay, the whole blade's in and that was not, it's got to be 90 degrees. 90 degrees. So those two drills, you can just do them next to the boat, put your hands on, just feel that your blade is going in smoothly without any effort. You're trying to avoid effort, trying to avoid the splashes when you put that blade in. Okay. Now, this is the first drill that you start going for. Okay, so this is a catch and pull. Remember what it says, it says catch and then pull. Not catch and pull, and as you get better, you can do them together. I know Ivan Lola disagrees with me a little bit on this, but again, it's how you Break the bad habits. Okay, so have a look here. From a default again, I rotate first. Like I said, I put the blade in all the way up to here, and then I just pull. Now, what I try to emphasize on the catch and pull is.
is to only pull 30 or 40 centimeters. So you go like that, in, the whole blade in, wait for it, and just pull out again. Now, when you're doing most drills, just to go back a bit, make sure you do it one side at a time. So you go like that, and you do five on one side. Your brain is not good enough to take both sides. So you mess one up and mess the other. Rather concentrate on the right hand side. Do five or ten on the right hand side, and then five or ten on the left hand side. Don't just do them. You've got to try and remember your aim here is to get out of the bad habits and work on your good habits. It's going to take, and there's a book, a book called The Outliers, it says it takes 10,000 hours to make something solid. So it's going to take a lot of effort to change from your bad habits to your good habits. Okay, so the catch and pull, just look on the left hand side, rotate, in, pull. The biggest comment I get this from everybody, this is from everybody, even the top guys, I was catching the top Danish Olympic teams, you can't believe when I, that my paddle, my paddle blades got so much bigger. Yes, because what has happened, for once in your life, you're getting the whole blade buried and then pulling. So many people get half the blade and then they pull. And they wonder why the blade feels too small and they say, oh, I think I need a bigger blade or I need a longer paddle. No, when you bury this whole paddle, this thing's got so much power. If you bury it up to here, you don't need a longer and bigger blade. I think I'd have put my sunglasses. Is that right there? Okay? Yeah. Because I've got a lot of sun coming in here. Beautiful weather. It was raining five minutes ago. Okay. So that's your catch and pull. Now all the body parts. I've made it simple, guys. I've made it simple. Hand is involved. Your elbow is involved. Your shoulder, your core, and your... So you can remember it. Yeah. In fact, we're doing all these uh, lessons on, on, uh, on, uh, on land. I'm actually doing it on my Coach Chalitsky site, Coach Oskarsson. I've got a premium video series which gives you more than 30 videos in the water explaining how all these drills work because you have to see it a few times to perfect it. It's not going to happen overnight. So the uh, Coach Chalitsky video premium series, I think it costs $15, so it's, not gonna, so it's like 50 cents a video, and off you go and you learn more. Yeah. So, body parts, hand, elbow, shoulders, core, legs, top hand. Top hand is the biggest problem out of everybody. As, as Ivan says, number one, it should be an all up, but most people do this. So the top hand drill, and remember, you, I've, I've mentioned it all the time, the bracing is the one of the most important parts of padding. So in all these drill sessions, you learn to brace as well. You always brace between strokes. So the top hand drill. So the whole object of the top hand drill, we start from the brace. We brace forward. Now, this is what happens if you're going slowly. We brace forward. We get to there. We lift the paddle up. Okay? And here is the top hand drill. Our objective of the top hand drill is to keep this hand the same distance from your shoulder the whole way. So, so here we go. We brace forward. We're here. Drive. Notice how my 
my legs move and my form move, as opposed to what most people do, put it in, and then they say they do this. How am I doing, Claire? Oh, no body movement. Okay, then again we go again, just to have a look again. From there, drive. Make sure this distance stays the same. Again, of course, as you get better and as you paddle, you might have it there, 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 but keep it the same. This must be your all up. Don't let it drop down. Don't let, and I see too many people, there's another mistake. They, they get it all right and then they leave it and they let the paddle go down and it pulls the arm away. Okay, on the other side again, put it in. Watch the top hand. I drive and I brace. Notice I brace. And I drive, notice the movement here. Okay, that's your top hand draw. You don't want to be doing this and it's the hardest one to perfect. That's why if I'm doing drills, I might do this session twice. The next one is your locked elbow. Locked elbow. It's crazy. Again, so I'm going to watch my locked elbow to make sure it doesn't bend. And I'm going to brace again. I'm going to touch the side of the boat, make sure there. And then all I'm going to do is keep this locked elbow. Now, if I've got my elbow locked, I can only put it in by my toes and I take it out by my knees and brace back. Remember, don't try and do two drills at once. Just do one drill at a time. Perfect one drill at a time. Don't try and do the locked elbow and the shoulder and the, and the, and the, and the core drill. Try and do one drill at a time. Perfect that and then move on to the next one. Don't try and do two. So exactly this locked elbow. I'm bracing, touching the side of it. Pull. Notice my legs. If I'm using my locked elbow, I can only use my body. And what we're trying to do is use our body. Sun's gone again, looks like we're getting some rain here, okay? Maybe it'll get wet. Okay, so locked elbow, there, there. And guess what I see? People do this, they do this, and they do this. Oh, and I tell them, this is not a locked elbow. Okay, it's not a locked elbow. Same thing on the other side. There, there. Locked elbow, notice how everything moves. Locked elbow, locked elbow, as opposed to what people do there, and they forget, and they do this, and they take it out. You don't need to do it. Okay, if you keep your elbow locked, you have to use your body. We want to break those bad habits to make your body the primary, not your hands and your arms. Next one's your shoulder drill. One of the most difficult drills. I don't know why it's a difficult drill. Shoulder drill. Same thing. We focus on that shoulder. We brace forward, focus on that shoulder. Now watch how much, and I just do this. And I do this. That's all I'm concentrating, but look at the rotation. And without a paddle, it's also, so you go like that, forward, and you just rotate. And I always do this without a paddle, and you can see how much rotation I get looking at my shoulder. Same thing on the other side. How much shoulder there and I'm pulling my shoulder and it's just making everything work harder. It's funny, I was, I was training with Brandon Funnavall. He said, I can't believe, I just don't, I cannot believe, I never thought I wasn't using my legs. I'm doing my shoulder drill, but my legs are working because I'm rotating my whole body, which is making my legs operate automatically. You don't have to think about it, okay? Next one is your core exercise core exercise. The first one is I hold my paddle on the chest, on the chest. So paddle on the chest, it has to remain parallel. And I paddle. Notice my legs going and I am 100% parallel. I don't have to worry. Look at my hands are very loose, but you can see that I, people get a bit worried about this. It makes it difficult for balance. If you're an unstable boat, you normally fall out, but it forces you to realize to keep the shaft parallel with your chest. So that's just paddling at default. And then, paddling chest, and this is paddling at default. 30 centimeters well, like that, and we just concentrate. And I, and I force people to do this. Put it in, drop the paddle. Notice there, pull, there, pull. But
but this is what how people will actually do it. They go like this, and then they start pulling, and this, and this doesn't look parallel, not even in flipping Simon's down there and there. So you want to stay parallel. To stay parallel, notice all the legs and everything moving from there in power, in power, in power. Okay. So understand if your paddle is parallel to your chest, you are going to use your legs. If it does this, notice nothing happens and it's not parallel. Okay. Very important, powerful exercise. Next one is leg drive. Leg drive is one of the hardest things to get right. Because too many people, their leg drive, they put the paddle and they push back. And they get a sore bum. In fact, they get a hole in a different place. Than their, well, I shouldn't say that. So you don't want to get holes. And again, I've done it. When I paddle badly, I get a sore bum. When I paddle a K1 and I paddle badly and that seat, which grinds in your back of your back because you're pushing back. Understand again, leg drive is all about driving your boat forward. So we want to do this and we want to drive that boat forward. So what you want to do is be driving your boat forward by pushing the boat forward. So going again, back to that. I rotate my leg, I put this pedal and I want to drive forward like this as opposed to driving forward and pushing. Let's just take your, you're getting a bit wet there. Let's just take this out the water. Clear stone out the out the rain. Can you be rain or sunny? I don't know what this Cape Town weather is doing. Okay, so understand your leg drive. Okay, so let's get back to the leg drive. So we now do it again. We brace. We watch this knee come up. We put it in and we drive hard against the paddle blade. Drive hard against the paddle blade. So your objective in this drill. And again, this is one of the hardest things. This is what makes guys get faster with less effort because they get. So when I drive my leg back, I drive it into my paddle. So if I make this paddle as locked in and I drive it hard there, what's got to happen is my boat's got to feel it. So I'm going to push my boat forward. So the way to, I love explaining is that this is the back of my surfski or my seat or whatever. This is my bum. So what I want to do is rotate my bum forward. I want, when, I, when I drive hard, I don't want to push back onto my, my seat because then I can't rotate either. I want to try and pull my bum off the seat. So that's the feeling I'm getting. Remember, it's only this much. But this much and this is the difference between a hole in your ass and no hole in your ass. And it's the difference between rotation and pushing into the back of your seat. So what you're trying to do, basically, I just go sideways. What I'm trying to do, I'll try and do it. Is from there, I want to do, drive my leg and I want to drive it forward. I want to be pulling myself forward using my legs using my legs. So I really want to concentrate on pulling my bum off the seat. So I put it in, I try and pull my bum and I'm focusing on here. This is also your leg drive. Something will engage your leg drive. Some people like their shoulder forward and you can see how my leg goes forward. Some people think about your hips. Pull your hips off the seat. Put it in and then drive. Rotate. Okay. Try and your footrest is there for you to push forward on your seat. Okay. So don't push back into your seat, put that paddle in and drive. And you can only perfect this, you can only perfect this if, if you concentrate on one drill at a time and concentrate on it right so you can get it right. Okay, so those are the body parts. Just going again, hand, elbow, shoulders, core, legs. Now, to put it all together, one of the most uh, important parts is called elbow to knee. And it can only work and that's why I've always got these 
point. So you're going to do this drill, and this is when you paddle away, and you're trying to perfect it, and what you do is elbow to knee. Now, elbow to knee is I rotate. I'm, I'm, this is not, I mean, if I'd be sitting up here, my, my core is not good enough. As I say, I'm not doing enough push-ups, still working on getting stronger. So I rotate, I touch my knee, and then I put it in. Rotate, touch my knee, and put in. What's most what most people do is the biggest mistake, they take it and they do this and then they're going to touch their knee like that. Okay. So you actually want to do is rotate and you'll touch your knee and then go in. Okay. So elbow to knee is something that you can really work on. Again, we're not trying to break speed records when you're doing these drops. We're not trying to break speed records. But what we really are trying to do is perfect and break down small parts of your paddle stroke so that you can slowly regurgitate and get it better and better and better. So you don't have any sore shoulders, you don't have sore elbows, and it becomes easier and faster. Another drill I normally actually start off with when I'm, because I, when I do these drills, number one, when I warm up, I only do drills. I do all my drills for a warm up, because it goes into my brain to say, okay, this is how I've got to paddle. But one of the other drills I invented there, on from the brace stroke, just to show you how much you can actually rotate. On the brace stroke, you let this left hand go and you grab the side of the boat and you pull as hard as you can so you can really see that rotation so you pull as hard as you can and that shows you how much rotation you can get same thing on the other side right hand left knee let go of this hand grab the side of the boat in k1 and pull as hard as you can feel the power feel the boat so basically doing one of these exercises for stretching before the race but also understanding that you're getting rotation now when you're doing drills there's three golden rules Three golden rules for drills. It must be an absolutely dead flat water, right? It must be on a very stable boat. Very stable boat. Okay. Flat water, stable boat, and, and what I normally and then and then concentrate on one drill at a time. And it's gonna take hours to perfect it, and it will happen. It will happen. Believe me, it took me it's taken me 20 years and I'm still doing it every single day. Just like Tiger Woods, the start of his season, all he does is drills for one month. And he's the best. Roger Federer, the same thing. The best story I can, I can uh, uh, tell you is that Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and Roger Federer, every time they got injured, they got injured, they didn't go home and start playing with their children. They went and started doing drills. Because when you're playing tournament after tournament after tournament, you have no time to do drills. So you're playing the semi-final final, so you don't have much time to do drills. When you get injured and you've got one or two months off, you start getting those drills again. When Roger Federer came back, he went to number one. When Nadal uh, got injured, he went to number one. When uh, uh, Djokovic got injured, he went to number one as they came out of their injuries because they went back and worked on the basics and got their basics better again, and then they win. So believe in me, it's the only way to get better is to concentrate on drills. Okay, so we've got... Hope I, I covered everything. Remember, the only way to get better is not by training hard, is by perfecting your technique. Technique's going to make you faster. And I'm living proof, and, and, and uh, a lot of uh, elderly guys that are doing very well, it's because their technique's well. Okay, so fire away for the questions. Clear, read them out nice and loud. And we've got uh, some. I hope you enjoy that. And next lesson, we'll go, we'll might, uh, get my son involved and we'll show you some. Uh, land exercises that I do uh, and, and I'm sure that between Luke and I we can perfect how to do your on, on land exercises without weights well, normally you have a gym I haven't got a gym here but I'm going to show you how I make my technique even better in the gym okay so remember the questions can come 
and and uh, Claire's got some already. But uh, you can go to coachchalupski.com and then get that uh, video series. As I say, there's more than 30 videos of me doing all these drills in the water so you can actually see how it goes so that you can keep on improving. My objective is at the end of this lockdown, when you get back on that water, you are thinking about something that you understand and you can actually implement. Okay, question, Claire. This is a question from Hank. Have you always had such a great paddling technique feel for the water? as you have been winning for so long or have you perfected it now and actually a better paddler now so if you had to race yourself back when you were young would you beat yourself good question hank have i improved yes hank the interesting thing is when i look back on videos in the past uh, and i'm talking 1977-76 i had a good feel for the water obviously i, I was winning at, at a young age at 14 years old but i was winning because I was bigger, again, I was always technique in time. One of my things that I always wanted to do is try and get be the best uh, technician of how to perfect every sport I did. I always went to the best coaches. I believed in spending money on coaches as opposed to spending money on, on equipment. So it's just one of those things. But I think if I'd raced myself, and I can quite comfortably say that my fastest, and I just looked the other day for all those guys that know numbers, my fastest... DUC to Salt Rock was 2 hours, 37 minutes, average speed for 52 kilometers, 18.3. Now that was at age 54. I never did that at age 24 because my technique has got better and maybe I've even got better skills at going downwind, but, but I definitely have uh, improved my technique. And, and it all came from basically 1992, Hank, when I raced against Clint Robinson. He gave me curve of the earth. I was Norman Nowhere. But when I raced against him, and remember, he's a Sursky peddler. When I raced against him in Monaco that year, I killed him. I rarely killed him. He wasn't in the... He was... I gave him curve of the earth. I think he was 15 minutes behind. But he beat me on flat water. I said, this is not for me. And that's when I changed from uh, sprinting. And again, I had good success in sprinting. But the, the bottom line is what I've done now, and, and, and I've done it to make myself better and try and impart that knowledge on everybody else so they can get better, enjoy the sport like I do it. And I've been doing it for a long time, as you know. Jackie Boyd, what is your criteria for choosing a paddle and what are your thoughts on an oval shaft versus round shaft? Okay, Jackie, I did cover that the other day. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is to actually feel comfortable with your paddle. I mean, uh, the, 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 remember, just to go back, it's exactly like a bicycle. This is the back cog of, a uh, uh, front cog of your bicycle. This here, your, your, your length, is your front cog. So it's very simple. Some people like to ride in big, uh, Jan Ulrich used to have a big gear, Lance Armstrong used to have a small gear. At the end of the day, your paddle length and your paddle blade size is determined what races you're going to do, how far you're going to paddle, how fast, how strong you are. So all those factors come into it. So it's something that's not, you're not something you're going to put your button on straight away. You've got to play around with it, mess around with it, uh, the lengths and you will get better all the time. Okay, so oval and round. The way I hold my paddle, and clearly you can show, I hold it like this. It doesn't matter whether it's oval or round. Just hold your paddle very lightly, just like that. That's how I hold it, and, and I let the blade do the work as opposed to holding it like that, which most people do. And then oval and round, uh, oval shaft might work better than a round shaft, but they all work simil similarly. But at the end of the day, if you don't grab the paddle and you hold the paddle like this, any shape uh, um, shaft will work. And the lighter you hold it, the less blisters you're going to get. Ruth Fitzgerald, is there any paddling that can be done without a paddle? 
Good question. No, I mean, the end of the day, uh, we used to do a race in Henley Dam, and this is going back. It used to be the the Bunfart, the uh, Henley Dam, where we we had to we had to uh, paddle with our arms only, arms only. So no paddles. So it's then a bit, so you just paddle like this. And in fact, I never forget uh, Nello at, uh, from Nello Kikes was was paddling with me in a downwind. I said, Hey Nello, I'm sure I can beat you with no paddle. And off I went like this with no paddle. And he struggled to catch me because in the runs I can get good. So I think with no paddle, just get the feeling the water. It's not bad, but, but I don't think there's a benefit because our sport is with a paddle, you know. Doing one side, that's interesting, and the other side, interesting. But with no paddle, um, it's, not, it's not, not something that's going to help you much. All that it might do is help you with your balance. So you just feel a bit better on the, in, 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 the, in the boat. And you can actually paddle like this if you want. But again, apart from racing in Henley Dam uh, some 50 years ago, uh, I haven't done much uh, hand only. Unless you break your paddle, then you have to do it as well. This is from Anthony. I find it hard when rating high to feel if I'm all connected. For example, if I find I'm pumping my legs but they are intact, if working independently of torso. Yeah, yeah that does happen. You see, understand the higher your cadence goes, the harder it is to, con to connect everything. Because understand your big muscles work much more powerfully than your small muscles. So what happens if you start spring too much, you, you, you disconnect everything and you start using your arms. So it's something that you just got to try and bring back the cadence, try and bring back the cadence and try and feel. I, I know when I was racing my 12th Monica, when I won that 12th Monica, and I remember panning along and getting excited. Dean was just in front of me. I was killing myself to catch Dean Gardner. And I was padding along and then I missed a run and I just cursed myself. And guess what I did? I cursed myself. I said, listen, you stupid. You've been doing this all your life. Use your body. Because again, so I was cursing. I said, use your flipping legs. And as soon as I said that to myself and got my legs engaged, I caught him and overtook him and off I went. Because if you get those legs engaged, then your whole body is invariably engaged. And then you're going to get the power. Because again, remember, high cadence means much more Small muscles, which means less power. Question from Pierre Stradham. Your technique applies to all disciplines. Surf ski, flat water, sprints, etc. Yes, Pierre. So it's been a very interesting uh, uh, sort of progression is that when I first started teaching like this in 92, 93, people said, ah, oh, that's only for surf ski. I was, listen. And then when the surf ski guys, and this was, I'll never forget, they came to Dubai and this was, uh, Tim Brabens, Eric Ferris Larson, the best of the best Olympic guys, flat water, in a surf ski, guys practice, uh, young uh, Manuel Busto spent six months on a surf ski, they came and raced against Hank and all the boys and us, and guess what, even on the dead flat water, by the time they even got to the first turn, the guys were minutes behind, in fact, Ivan was racing there as well, I think Ivan was one of the only top paddlers in the world to beat the first female. I can't remember. It might have been Michelle Ire or Nikki Mocky. So they never beat one female. So I said, boys, this is a different story. It's time that you guys started listening to the Sersky patterns. This is a seriously competitive uh, field. And you can see in the Olympics, you've got uh, Clint Robinson, Nathan Bagley, all Sersky patterns. All the Sersky patterns making the, the, the crossover to flat water. And, it's, and I, it's, it's, for me, it's so heartening that Clearly, the, the coaches aren't just following one norm. This is the Hungarian way. This is the Swedish way. They are actually understanding that your bodies are all the same. If I spend my life like this, I'm going to get shoulder problems. And if I keep my elbows down, I'm going to get more stable. And if I get my legs and engage my legs more, 
than when I, than I used to and, and start doing more leg exercise as opposed to these pulls. And yes, they serve a purpose, but I'm not trying to do this. I'm trying to do this and pull myself past the boat. That's why I know me at 18 with this technique, I could have been a world sprinter as well. <laughs> This is from Anthony. It's a similar sort of question. If ocean downward paddling is my sport, there's no benefit in trying to model the kayak sprinter's technique of high hand, high elbow, set up narrow, etc. I should just practice your drills, keep elbow and shaft close to chest, rotate body and extend shoulders. Please comment. Yes, so that's a very good question. And again, funny enough, we, I'm very happy to say that, that, that the sprinters and the marathon paddlers, they all slowly taking to understand that this actually does work. The bottom line is there's no benefit and, and exactly I see all the guys teaching in uh, like the pull bar and I, maybe I'll cover that. People, as soon as I get into sprint boat I see the pull bar is so tight I can't even get my feet and I can't steer I can do nothing because that's a sprinter's way and understand sprinters go in water if the water is like behind uh, Claire here now the wave this big they can't even paddle. They can't even paddle. So what is the use? So how can you why do I want to spend my whole life paddling on glassy flat water? And again, I'm not saying, you'll see Pimenta, his hands about here. So he comes around there. Uh, uh, all, the, all the good guys, but the big thing is in Murray Stewart, they're all bringing their shoulders down because at the end of the day, if you bring your elbows down and lock them into your core, you're going to use more core and legs. Sprinting is important for that. And you'll see again, taking, exiting, exiting uh, you'll see the 200 meter paddles, they're exiting so early, like I've been toiling all the time, not pulling back, they're exiting early. So all the basics are there. You adapt it, if you can do this, and, and it's so nice stable, you can do it. But it's not for us. At the end of the day, most Sersky paddles are older than uh, 25, you know, they're probably 50 plus vet, and uh, they're there to enjoy it and go fast with less effort. And that's what I'm trying to promote. This is from Tim. When doing the straight arm drill, drill number two, what happens with the top arm? Do you ignore it and just concentrate on keeping bottom arm locked? Good question, Tim. Very good question. And I, and I, I probably, probably did cover it, but just to reiterate it again. When you're doing one drill, and it's a perfect example, and the straight arm drill number two, don't worry about this. Can't focus on this, just focus on this. This hand can do whatever. I don't care for now. I want to perfect this part. The same thing you'll find when you do the shoulder drill, which is one of the hardest drills. You'll do this, and, and you'll find that when you're doing the shoulder drill, your hand wants to do this. It's amazing. So you don't want to do this. So you do want to concentrate on the shoulder. I don't care what happens here, but I just want to make sure that my shoulder goes back. When I'm concentrating on my leg, concentrate. Don't try and worry about other parts of your stroke. Remember, we, we're breaking the stroke down into little parts, and then we're building it up. That's why, and, I, and I'll just cover what my technique session is, Dam and the boys in, in, in Mount Eskimo know. Just then, wait, I've turned it the wrong way around. <laughs> what do you mean? I've put it on me. No, that doesn't matter, just push that. There we go. Okay. They all wanted to see you, Claire. <laughs> okay, so getting back to it, so to understand a technique session, it's, it's mainly a technique, but it also increases your speed. And basically, what I do is on a 500 meter, I get a 500 meter course, I do 30 strokes, so, so I do a drill. 500 meters, that's all I do, up 10 strokes one side or 5 strokes one side, whatever, and then I turn around and then I, I've always got a GPS and I've got uh, speed, and then I do 20 strokes at 10 kilometers an hour, 20 strokes at 12 kilometers an hour, and 30 strokes at 14 kilometers an hour. So I just go backwards and forward, concentrating on getting my speed up with nearly the same cadence, but just increasing 
the, 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 the knowledge of my technique. So I go backwards and forwards. So I, that session takes me about an hour, and I do all the drills, and guess what? By the time I'm finished, and Hank will be there, and Matt Bowman, by the time we finish, we, the, the last set, we're probably doing 18, 20, 22. And Hank probably does 18, 20, and the last one you can go as fast as you like, 25. And, 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 and if I'm doing with Matt Bowman, they go to 25. I'm too slow to get to that speed, and that's just the nature of uh, age on my side. But that's what you can do. So you just keep on improving your speed. So when I finish my technique sessions, I'm normally going the fastest I ever can go. Because I've done all the drills, and I feel every part of my body working towards getting me faster. So I'll start and I'll struggle to go to 12 kilometers an hour easily, but at the end of my technique session, I'm nearly at 20 kilometers an hour, just under 20 kilometers an hour. For an old guy like me, it's not too bad. I don't know what the time is. Tom Thorpe, yeah. what stretches do you, what stretches would you do when you've warmed up and after a race? Do you stretch and warm up? Do you rest after a big race to recover? Very good to get stretching. Stretching is one of those things, and probably Haley and all the, the biokinetics and, and, and maybe Ivan will say, no, nah, no. Nah. But again, I've done my research. At the end of the day, like I've been doing now, I've educated myself, and the way I've educated myself is I've seen that stretching doesn't do any good for anybody. So what you what they call it is called active stretching or active. So you'll see that even the, the, the sprinters now don't stretch anymore. They just run, and what I do is I do my drills. I do my drills, my body knows what it's going to do do a few extra speed work, but I don't particularly stretch. And, and when I'm finished, I also don't stretch. I basically warm down. But again, it's so easy. If you can keep, if after a big race, I will, I will just go and do technique sessions where I'm not killing myself with, uh, with, uh, with effort, and I'm just trying to get my technique right when I'm tired, because that's the most important for you. The whole thing, the, the good and the bad, is the guys that can keep their technique, and the Molokai is a perfect example. That's why David says he struggles is to concentrate for three and a half hours and keep your technique absolutely perfect till the last three uh, three hours. And, and that takes a lot of practice and you've just got to get that right. So you've got to make sure that you can actually do all these drills when you're tired and you're missed. Hi there, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want to join Oscar's club or get access to his free technique video series, you can do that by visiting coachchalupski.com.